I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today, coming to us from, I would say, South Central Pennsylvania, is Nicole Santalicia. She teaches at Shippensburg University and uh, writes some very interesting poetry. She was recommended to me by my good buddy, Maria Gillen. And whenever Maria likes a poet, well, we both know that I'm going to like it too and want to put that person here on the podcast. So, Nicole, welcome to Poetry Spoken Here. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Number one, mention the titles of your books because I thought that was pretty interesting. In fact, they're very interesting. Because I Did Not Die. Mm-hmm. Spoiled Meat, the prequel to the latest book that just came out in February from New York Quarterly Books, The Book of Dirt. Yes. How, how did you come to the Book of Dirt? Um, the Book of Dirt, actually, I had the title before the book started. Um, when I was doing a reading, when the my first book came out, Because I Did Not Die, at Shippensburg University. And uh, I have no idea how it came into my head, but I just said, I think the next book will be titled The Book of Dirt. <laughs> Um, and I, there was something along that was, I was meditating on something to do with having my hands in the soil and the dirt. And I think ever since moving to Pennsylvania from New York, uh, really was a culture shock and being among farms and warehouses, which is a lot of empty space in between. And then there's like a university and a, then a small town. <laughs> but it's mostly warehouses and farms. But when you look out at the farmland in Pennsylvania, it's very empty unless you see the farmer off in the distance, which you very rarely do, especially from 81 or a highway. So it was me connecting to the land in a way I've never had before and uh, very much rooted in in the dirt. So I don't know. I mean, it started very literal and then it went off into um, uh, a whole other, world of its own as I worked on it. So it was five years of really kind of evolving and writing around uh, the idea of uh, things to do with dirt. (laughs) Well, in the the way your your poems go, I can see how you start somewhere and then who knows where you're going to go. Because you're you're able to do that. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, how about uh, reading us a sampling or start us off with a poem anyway. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to start with the the first uh, poem in the book uh, that's titled, You Have Now Begun Reading the Book of Dirt. And many of the poems in the book are titled The Book of Dirt or From the Book of Dirt. You have now begun reading the Book of Dirt. And on the title page, it reads, The opposite of prostituting is when I learned how to read. It was like sucking a lemon. I spit out pale yellow seeds, open the door to earth, look out the window. All my gay symptoms rally in the library parking lot where I swallow my name, blindfold my votes, and line them up against the wall. I go to the county jail where I teach women to write their guts on styrofoam and cinder block and floor wax. I write Commonwealth and Red State and Ode on the edge of disaster 
where clouds cast a shadow in the shape of a knife. I cut the faggot label out of my shirts, slice open plastic bags stuffed with childhood and grass clippings from a blue state. This is the book where a gay girl is in another closet, where the doorknobs fall off and the queer goes for a walk on a rainbow leash. I mosey from dream to dirt to dream and see the jar of hallelujahs glowing on my nightstand. The opposite of gay is a seedless lemon spiked on a galvanized nail. There's a penny resting on my tongue, or maybe that's the remnants of a dream I can't quite remember. When I wake up, there's a giant bitter orange tree flowering at the foot of the bed. Cold, hearty fruit drops between my wife and me. We empty the jar of hallelujahs and cross-pollinate citrus with survival. We don't belong, says the fruit. We don't belong is the logic of other books. We survive. We survive on the resemblance of other oranges. Depending on ripeness, our skin peels and our blood deepens. The sweet orange is not a wild fruit. The pomelo is its maternal parent. Our root systems twist together below ground. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the uh, what the landscape's like out there and how unpopulated it is. Um, then you've got your cultural landscape. Yes, absolutely. The cultural landscape and the the way and and the very literal part is moving from a blue state to a red state. And I have taught. I do teach women in the prisons here. So I do take poetry workshops into the prisons and just learning that world and being a part of that here has also um, had a major impact on me. I think when I first started, when I first started teaching at Shippensburg in 2014, I, um, I was bored. I was, I was, and I was disconnected. And I was like, I need to do something where I'm connecting with other people in another environment. So I started volunteer. I got in touch with the prison and said, can I come teach some, some classes there? And, uh, and they said, yes. And I started working with the women. I was like, now these are my people. <laughs> I felt more connected with the, the, the incarcerated women than I did with my colleagues at the university. Yeah. Then you said it had an um, effect on you. How so? How as far think? as... With the women, well, I think there was a, a level of humanity in such a, the, the environment and the room and the cinder blocks and, and just the environment I was sitting in um, while sitting in a, a, with like 10 women who are just most of the time wanting to get out of their, out of their cell um, to yeah. come into another space. And there was, you know, just the sterileness of the environment and then poetry and what they were able to do with writing poetry and the way in which the life came back into their faces and in their eyes, just for those moments we were sitting together. Um, the level of humanity and connecting to other people just had a whole other level of meaning that uh, resonated. Um, and it was yeah. just beautiful. I mean, it was painful and beautiful. It reinforces for you the good of what you're doing and the worth yeah. of yeah. teaching poetry. 
Yeah, absolutely. And not to say that there's no value of it at the university, but it's a mm -hmm. whole different, and I would bring my students with me. So we'd go together often. Um, and it's, you know, it was kind of scared a couple of them straight. Uh, and it also <laughs> just helped them to have the similar connections that I did. So it's really pretty cool experience, yeah. you know, overall. That's great. Well, let's mm -hmm. do another, how about another poem? Sure, sure, sure. All right. Okay, this is from the Book of Dirt. If I'm a wife and my wife is a wife, who vacuums the house and cleans the dishes? Which wife dusts and which one does laundry? Who cleans the dirt off of the dirt? Which one of us sucks dirt and which one spits out dirt? Which one of us doesn't fit into the word wife? If wife is carved into the dirt, whose left breast falls off and whose right eye is dug out? If the wind is prayer, if dirt is 50% lesbian and 50% void, if it never rains, how do mosquitoes suck the gay out? If we live below ground in our dirt house, do we get squatters rights? Can we sue the land if the land is our witness? If we inhale the earth, if our bodies are silent, tell us what we own. If the law of the dirt is dirt, if wives travel west of the dirt, what, it, what customary law influences property rights? If individual grains of sediment never move, if the force of gravity pulls us deeper into the dirt, if there's no gust of wind or water or ice, our marriage will never sculpt itself into a mountain. If the valley of dead women in the dirt has been our destination this whole time, all we had to do was walk barefoot in our backyard. I'm, I'm, I bet a lot of people have those questions you start with. Who vacuums, who irons, who does this and that, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, It's, it's yeah. a great place to start, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> it's easy to relate to. Very sure. Easy to relate to. Um, I've got a question for you that I thought about, and uh, it may be a really terrible interview question. Because you do the things you do in your poems, and you do get surreal and whatever, how does your mind work? How does my mind work? Woo. Um, well, I did a lot of drugs when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that, no. I mean, I did and I, I, I got sober and I'm sober 18 years. And I think that that has, um, has a lot to do with how I try to stay centered and grounded um, and sober minded. Mm -hmm. But I allow myself to kind of take leaps, I guess. I don't know. I mean... I know I have a friend who is actually a fiction writer, a colleague of mine, uh, Neil Connolly. He's he's wonderful. He often talks to we talk about how we write and when we write. And he tells me he likes to wake up really early in the morning when he's still foggy and sleepy, mm -hmm. and be in that sort of twilight zone mindset. Still, I can't I can't you know. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I it works you know. I think that's yeah. great. But I need to be awake and uh, and present in the middle of the day or at the end of the day or um but that 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 uh as far as how my mind works i don't know sometimes i feel like i'm observing from afar <laughs> over here i'm on the other side of the room watching um the mind go on its uh, little tangent sometimes 
actually that sounds really reasonable because uh, more than one thing you just now said it are related to mindfulness like being there being awake being alert but then when the fleeting odd things come through noticing them catching them yeah and, and, and i think that that yeah and i think i've been kind of taught to to pay attention um as a way as a survival tactic you know as to not repeating old behaviors or um not reacting to my first thought and i it's okay to have my first thought my first thoughts often very bad <laughs> i mean like naughty not like a bad idea but oh, okay. like naughty <laughs> like troublesome mischievous and and yeah. and i think that that tone kind of comes out in in my poetry the mischievousness the naughtiness the uh -huh. Um, and I don't react to that in real life, uh, the first thought, because it's often the wrong thing to do or the troublesome thing to do or the reaction or the drama. Um, but I observe it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Take that, Ginsburg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I, you know, I figure the, uh, you know, the stream of consciousness poets have so much sex in there because that's where your brain goes. If you just go and then sure. you got to control that. I mean, otherwise your poems will, you'll be a one trick pony, you know, just right. saying the same thing over and over. Cause I get, I think our brains do, tend to do that a bit. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just a guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I, I feel like I'm writing the same poem over and over sometimes, but, yeah. uh, but that's just a feeling. Yeah. When you look later, it's not so bad, but at the time no. you go, Oh, is this the same old crap? You know? Right. And right. You right. think about it. Yeah. Great, do another one. Sure. Uh, this is called uh, Keystone Ode with Homophobia and Ground Beef in It. I'll never fully swallow the bullets, but I'll suck their heat, cut out a mouth hole for a future generation. Don't touch the tomatoes, is what I'd say to a 13 year old lesbian. Taste them with your eyes closed or opened. They are ripe red breasts. I always get wrong what is right. Who will sell the guts of this life splayed next to fistfuls of lube? What I am is not on your list of sins. I am a package of ground beef dropped in the middle of Pennsylvania. Fucking faggot hangs over the body Dyke sissy homo seeps into the pavement. This is how the gun to the temple says, Hail Mary. No queers get out of here alive. Fathers rub the crotch of their pants to compensate for fabric softener. Mothers toss their children under the bellies of rainbows, mistaken for butchered meat. Hunger is against us. Whole families eat the voices baked into the bread. What I am is not on your grocery list. Cherry tomatoes, bullets, tumors, dinner rolls, beef scattered in a grocery store parking lot. Mm. Yeah, I was looking here at a, a couple of, of quotes I found online. I think some one of them's from you, and I think one of them might be from uh, from somebody at SPD. You know, when they put the book up, they wanted to say something about it. 
unless they ask yeah. you to say something about it, that's always possible, you know. And um, it says here, your uh, confronts misogyny, homophobia, and addiction. Excavates the roots of contemporary trauma by gazing at difficult realities. You like that as a characteristic, uh, characterizing? Yeah, I think that that does, that's, uh, that does say, that's pretty spot on. Yeah, I think that is a good way of describing the characteristics here. Um, the traumas, I mean, I, I, I think um, being in Pennsylvania and the cultural and physical landscape um, as being a, uh, a queer woman, and this is one of the most conservative states and the least amount of laws protecting um, LGBTQ folks, and then being at the university and connecting with students who are struggling with their uh, identities and, and uh, it's just amazing um, as to how different it is uh, from where I came from in New York. I put the last page in the book is um, the uh, list of laws that do not legally support LGBTQ issues from the Human Rights Campaign um, website. Mm. And the list is all of them, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> from housing to employment to hate crimes to public accommodations, anti-school, anti-bullying, education, anti-conversion therapy. The none of these have laws to protect LGBTQ. Wow. So it's, you know, I, I've never really, I, I've been forced to pay this close attention when you have so much privilege with not being as worried in a state like New York. Yeah. I mean, even seeing some of my friends still in New York, um, but, uh, people talk about what it's like over there. And it's like, well, I'm over there now. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, 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 it's tough. It is tough. Well, but I think I, it's important to be here. Actually, I had not thought of Pennsylvania as being that backward. I yeah. didn't see it as enlightenment, you know, but I, uh, I always thought it was kind of closer to, you know, being in the middle because you got the, you know, you got the cities being more liberal. You got the rest of the state, like most places, like Illinois, like New York. You got the sure. rural areas being, you know, really conservative. And uh, whoa, it's much worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it, it was much worse than I thought too. <laughs> but uh, but there's you know there's really one. I don't want to sit here and complain, you know, because uh -huh, I yeah. don't think that that's. But at the same time, it's important to call it out. And there's really amazing people doing the hard work here, and that's the people yeah. that I feel like I've been connecting with and trying to help as best as I can to be a part of that fight. Yeah, there's always somebody trying to do um, do the right thing, move things in the right direction. Yeah. But where we think is the right direction for sure, you know. Right, right. Wow. And that's what, you know, that's what pushed the, a lot of the poems in this book is, you know, mm -hmm. being being here that with all of that uh, fuel uh, to be paying attention in a different in a different way, even about my my own identity myself. Yeah. And you, you said, does, does the next book, continue with this or I mean do you work in the sense of you're thinking of a next book or you just write poems and see what you have after a while and, and put them together yeah I'll I mean I'll start writing just writing and see what I have and then usually I'll lock into a, a larger project once I have a little 
a little to work with in front of me. Um, yeah. And then I could maybe start shaping it in that way. Um, but yeah, I'll allow myself to just uh, respond and write and connect and, um, and see, what's, uh, see what comes out of it before coming up with a big project that might feel right. too intimidating to, you know, right. I don't want to, I don't want to set myself up for that much failure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tricky because I, I sometimes find a left brain assignment helps me. So if I've sure. got X number of poems, I got, Oh, I need some more for it to be enough to be a book. And then that's like a place to go to think right. about that arena of life to see sure. if any ideas come, you know? So sure. It's kind of a, I don't know, this or that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I guess I could I could see cuz actually some of the work I'm doing with my friend Dante that I mentioned where we're collaborating a little um I could see us kind of doing a collaborative book project um yeah. before even approaching um just the one at a time poem, you know, a poem yeah. at a time. So yeah, yeah, I guess it depends on the space that that we're in. Great. Well, I think we have time for for another poem. So let's get it in here. That okay, sounds good. This, Excellent. This is uh, called uh, Notes from the Commonwealth. And there's a little epigraph, Dead Woman's Hollow Road, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania. You watch the news to find out that lesbians don't wash away after drinking dirt, that the dirt didn't absorb all the rain last week that there's everything to name and no voice to repair the rainbow, that the history of queer was murdered in the Michou State Forest. I heard about the woman who ran from the echo of hate one shot at a time. I mean, I went to the grocery store, bought mushrooms covered in dirt, rinsed their white heads, poured olive oil on them. The news in the background, there's a storm coming, a flood warning, maybe a murderer on the loose. I cooked and swallowed dirt. 11 miles away, a tree named Rebecca sank into the land. I am on the other side of the rainbow in the dirt that doesn't make the news. Lesbians sprout like wild strawberries. Their root systems tangle with murder. In Pennsylvania, crushed bones cut into the land, and daughters collapse before they are auctioned off every Sunday morning. This ritual is for sale in the church parking lot where blessings smell like gunfire and fingers break the sound barrier as they dig for life. The dirt under the dead woman's fingernails, sacred. The yeast in her throat scooped out, melted down, and served as communion. Oh, yeah. I, it's a poem that reminds me that I like to remind listeners that one advantage of the fact that you're merely listening to this instead of being at a live reading is that you have a pause button and you have a rewind button. And if you want to go hear the whole thing or a particular poem that grabs you, just go on back and listen to it again. It's a very rewarding experience. And Nicole, you have the kind of poetry that uh, definitely benefits from a second listen, you know, from going back and, and catching it. There's so many images and, and whatever. And that 
just want to mention that, folks. Anyway, thanks. It <laughs> was really good. <laughs> and I, I like to say that every every episode because it's just, it is one of the advantages we do have, at least. We can go back and hear it again. It's like reading reading a poem again in a book, which how sure. often do we, do we do that a lot. Sure. Hell, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks to our mutual friend, Maria, for making this uh, possible by sending you to me. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. I really appreciate it. There you go. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today has been Nicole Santa Lucia coming to us from the midst of Pennsylvania, deep in the heart of Pennsylvania. Be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Monley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. <laughs>